eliminate a lot of the noise. And so, you know, when you're, when you're burnt out, it's not just about all the work you do, but it's about, I think, doing a lot of the unfulfilling work as well. If you're doing too much of that, you've got no purpose. You feel like you're just hovering. Welcome, 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 and welcome to the adventure of an entrepreneur, the podcast that dives deep into the world of entrepreneurship. We're going to be hearing the stories from entrepreneurs from all over the world in different industries. They're going to be sharing with us the stories of how they faced setbacks, walked through fire, climbed mountains to reach success. I'm your host, Shri Mahabir. Welcome, everybody, where my guest tonight, well, not tonight, this morning, is going to be sharing with us lots of great tips of helping us get unstuck, being able to like stop the noise, not stop the noise, but more like help you understand that this noise that's around you and inside of you, you can actually quiet down, quiet it down and look through it. So I'm excited to have her on only because she's a really good friend. We met last year in what was called CEO Sphere and I was talking to her and next thing I know she is on LinkedIn because she was like I'm a little bit bigger on LinkedIn I'm a little bit more active there and I was like okay cool so I am some of you know who she is some of you don't but I am excited to have Sono Baskaran I hope I said your name right perfect (laughs) all right that you know it helps to be part you know Indian not part Indian but Indian (laughs) And we're going to get into this. So, Sonal, hello. What is your favorite color? Ooh, black. Black. Okay. See, I should have worn black, but I thought, you know, I'm always wearing black on this show. And (laughs) if you are going live, this is just a tip. You are going to be worried about so many other things. Make your outfit super simple. So if you're going to wear black every single show, wear that. If it's blue, wear that. And just have a shirt that's designated for live streaming. Makes your life super simple. So before you were doing what you're doing today, before you even worked a nine to five, when was the first time that you started a little entrepreneurial business or even had this thought like, hey, I can make money off of this? The first time was in high school. So we had these, um, oh God, this brings back memories actually. Um, So we had, I think all the schools had it around here. Um, You were given um, a group to work with. So one was appointed a treasurer and then the product designer. And then you had people making products. And we actually made, I think it was wax candles. And we actually had to go to the local shopping center to sell them um, and make a profit. So it was kind of utilizing all the business skills that we were learning at our GCSEs, I think it was. Um, so that was must have been about us 15, 14, maybe. Um, so that was the first time, but I never really gave it any thought. Like my parents, um, none, no one in my family has their own business. I wasn't surrounded by people who set up their own business. And the first time I genuinely felt like I wanted to do something was when I was about, um, I think I must have been 20. Um, so my husband, my then boyfriend, um, kind of snuck me off to Barcelona. It's a beautiful hotel um, on the kind of on the coast. And oh, it's just stunning. Um, I went into the hotel and I literally stood there for an hour in the foyer. They had beautiful artwork and everything. And I just wanted to do something that would make people feel like that. And I was always quite creative. But then that's how I fell into jewellery design. So jewellery designing was my first business. 
Um, I then set up two jewelry brands. Um, I've been in like my, not me, my jewelry um, was in various magazines, was on some celebrities. Absolutely loved it. Um, But yeah, it was really, really awesome. The thing is, um, it was such a passion of mine. And like, people were kind of not forcing me, but I guess convincing me to turn it into a business. Um, And it just drained the passion out of me because once you start turning it into a business, um, it becomes work and you lose that enjoyment. You're not doing something for the sake of enjoying it. You're doing it now because you have to make a profit. You have to make designs that are gonna be on trend. Um, I had a PR company that was working with me. Um, and so all my designs started becoming a bit more mainstream and I just just lost the, the passion for it. So that's something I want to bring back. But that was my first real kind of my real business. But the first time I actually felt like, you know, it's possible was, in, you know, when I was in high school. It was good fun. It is good fun. I'm just still like, whoa, she had, you were featured in magazines and you had famous people wearing it. And here I am. I had Taylor Swift wearing my jewelry for, I think she did a, she did, she she had a music video with Ed Sheeran. Um, So you'll see her wearing one of my, my rings and earrings. I think I can't remember. Um, But yeah, it was cool. It was good fun. It was fun while it lasted. Difficult to do when you're working full time as well though. It, does, um, it is pretty difficult. So now I want to go into when you were working a nine to five, how did your like the experience that you had in high school helped you with the nine to five? Um, it was, I don't know how much it really helped. I think I was always inquisitive. So the things that I learned in school um, and I, you know, I had a good friend at the time Um we were just always questioning things. And I think that helped me in my, in my job itself. Um, I would always ask questions. I'd always end up doing the interesting projects or the things that I found interesting because no one else did, (laughs) but because no one else did, I'd get given free reign to kind of take over on a project and actually, um, you know, see it through to the end. I hated inefficiency. So when people were complaining about things not being done right, I'd go right in there and, and do it. It was never a nine to five. I, I can never remember the time I did a nine to five. I'd be, I'd be in at work for eight. Um, you know, I was in banking. So um, very rarely would, would we be leaving at five o'clock. And, you know, a few years down the line, I uh, started working for Goldman Sachs. And th- that just became my life for four and a half years. Um, I would be in the office at half seven, be leaving at nine, ten o'clock. Um, you'd be having breakfast, lunch and dinner with your colleagues. Um, and, it, and it was good fun. There were good times there, but it, it, it was it became a real pattern in my life where I'd be doing those kind of hours going home, doing the jewellery and barely sleeping. And it was just after my dad passed away as well. So I think a lot of it was avoidance. So I don't think many things prepared me for work other than just going in and doing it. And that, that's the way I've always done stuff. And each company that I've worked in, um, you know, you learn from the previous ones, but you're in a whole different culture and environment. Um, and when it comes to projects, you know, you're not, you know, I was a consultant for, for quite a while. Um, you're not given training. You, you're actually hired because you can just go on the job and actually learn and do the stuff while you're there. Um, so that's what I did. That's what I enjoyed doing. Um, and that's probably the one thing I did learn from school. Um, I didn't really have so much help um, at home with my studies because we had a, you know, my aunt. I, I talk a lot about, you know, my aunt and being a carer at a young age. So my parents were busy with that and their own, you know, stress from work and stuff as well. Um, So I was always kind of independent in that way. And that really saw me through my career um, just to get things done. 
Mm. A very long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. We're getting to learn more about you. And we also have a lot of comments. I just want to say hello to Omar. I want to say hi to Florence. And we have Marco and Suhail and Brett and Ugo. And Ugo shared that everyone experiences a lack of motivation at some point in their life, whether you're having a hard time finding a sense of motivation to do your laundry or work on the business pitch you've been thinking of. We all get into slumps, but we can't all learn to identify what causes a lack of a motivation in daily life and how to help ourselves get back on yeah, track. Definitely. I, I, I really relate to that. And that why is always, um, you know, I'll always go back to values, right? What's most important to you? Um, I talk about it a lot on my posts. Um, if you don't know that, you'll struggle to, to find that driver. Now, motivation is split into two. So you've got intrinsic motivation, which is doing something for the pure joy of it. Um, and that satisfaction you get just by doing it. Like for me, it would have been just doing the jewelry, not because I had a business to run on the back of it. Um, and then you've got extrinsic where you're doing stuff for the, I guess, the superficial things, um, titles, um, promotions and, and such like. And if that motivation isn't, if you don't have the right driver behind it, you won't have the conviction to do the things, you know, even the menial tasks that you have to do to support that outcome. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a good point raised. Yes, I love that, you know, you've got to identify what's what's getting you not motivated and then working through that. And if you need help, definitely reach out to Sonal. And then Brett is saying not sustainable burning candles yeah, at both not. ends. It's yeah. not. I can tell that you were just working all the time and it doesn't it's not fun. It's like you have to pick one or the other. And I think that if you have picked the, the at least if you pick the jewelry for a while, maybe it would be fun for a minute and then you would have found something else. Yeah, potentially. But I think it's actually, you know, there was a lot of if I look back now, a lot of us were doing stuff that we didn't need to do. And I think that's the crux of it. It's it's understanding the tasks that have to be done to achieve an outcome versus the things that we think need to be done. So when you're working for an employ employer and you, your hopes are to get promoted or whatever it is, the bonuses and all these things, you start doing more and you assume that you have to do certain things to get seen. Um, you know, I got great bonuses. I never got the titles. I never got the promotions because the work that I was doing was all the stuff under the under the bonnet, like the stuff that no one else wanted to do. And I never really cared for that. You know, I'd much rather have the money in my bank. But you can, I, I, I was still doing much more than I needed to. And for me, it was different because I was deferring or deflecting um, my grief because, you know, two days into my, I was 23, started my job at Goldman's, two days and my dad had a heart attack. And then, you know, two days after that, he died. So I think because six months before that, my aunt passed away. I had a lot of stuff going on and work was the best distraction for me at the time and so I would just do stuff and I would just get busy and I would just do things so when I look back I burnt the candle at both ends definitely um, and like we all do is because we're focused focuses on the wrong thing you're not um, you're doing things for the wrong reasons you know mm. I was doing things to avoid something else um, I was you know people were doing things at work to get promoted and what happens when they get that promotion they're going to aim for the next one and then the next and then they're just stuck there not knowing what else, you know, they've still got that gap in their life that they're trying to fill. Um, so it's not a case of, you know, doing too much. If you look at what I'm doing now, a lot of people just look at it and their eyes water. Um, but for me, I've actually got more time back because the things I'm doing all link with each other and they all have a strong connection to my values. Um, and 
it's because I've eliminated a lot of the noise. And so, you know, when you're, when you're burnt out, it's not just about um, all the work you do, but it's about, I think, doing a lot of the unfulfill unfulfilling work as well. If you're doing too much of that, you've got no purpose. You feel like you're just hovering. And so burnout for me is more to do with that rather than when you look at a volume, it's actually looking at that volume to see what that volume is made up of. It's looking at the question, because I wrote it down. <laughs> what are the distractions that are not yeah. working for you? Sitting down with that question and really looking mm -hmm. at your day. And since I've been working with Sono, one of the things that I looked at was on Thursdays, I have all these calls and I was like, you know, one of these isn't serving me. Like, I, I just don't think that this is what I need to do. And even if I show up once a month, it's okay. It's not mandatory, but it's also looking at your day, maybe not having, what are those, what are those activities that I'm focusing on? What are the things mm -hmm. that is not taking me to where I need to, because we're all busy, but is it the yeah. right busy? Yeah. And we have a few questions that have come in. Florence is asking, who has been your support? Oh, my husband's. Um, without a doubt, my husband and my mum. I remember my mum would, you know, back then I was in my early 20s and so I was doing trade shows and I was just like, no, you don't need to come to my trade shows, you're okay. <laughs> um, but, you know, she'd be there and she got bored in the first hour, but it was so nice having her there because it's it's scary, I think, because for my parents, they would see me jump ship from jobs and do the next job every six months, whereas everyone else was staying in their jobs for 10, 11 years. I was just there getting bored going on to the next one. And so they've probably never had that stability they wanted to see in me. Um, so for the fact that my mum supported me in everything, especially the jewellery, and especially now with everything I'm doing, um, considering all the things that she's gone through as well, um, she's, she's been an incredible support to me. Um, and my husband as well. We, we've been through so much together and um, he's always been encouraging of it. So those two are my, are my biggest supports. Wow. We salute I'll pass the six buckets later. <laughs> <laughs> and then Brett, what's going on, Brett? He has a question. What is your best advice for helping the younger generations realize that instant gratification isn't possible with everything, including their career? Oh, that's a good question. Um, what's your best advice for helping the younger generation? It's so, what I think for me, if I look back, to when I was um, getting super excited about getting job offers and just jumping in thinking this is going to be everything. Um, I didn't look far ahead enough to realize or to even enjoy the process because um, you're already, you, you get it and then you, you will be like, what's next? And you'll always be chasing. And, you know, time goes by so fast. I mean, I, I just turned 43 and I, I look back and I just think, you know, I'm looking back now, appreciating all the experience I had when I was younger, which I didn't appreciate then. And I think if I just stood still for a little bit um, and I paused, you know, paused before making a decision, paused before saying yes to something, um, you're actually missing out much less on things than you think you are, um, you know, and it is that huge fear of missing out. Um, social media is, is, you know, that when I was in, in my teens, that was rarely like we, we didn't have it. We barely had it. We just had a you know big mobile phone with text messaging. Um, but now it's just everywhere. And the thing is, you can get so consumed in all that stuff that it's going to take you away from what it is you really want in life. Um, and, you know, your 20s will go very fast. Um, enjoy it. Just enjoy those moments. Stop thinking so far ahead. And 
you know, in a way that people just think so far ahead, but then they're just grabbing these opportunities now because they're scared they're going to miss out on that one big opportunity. And the thing is, no one thing is ever going to be that one thing. One thing will lead to the next. So make that decision very carefully and just be open to seeing what's possible. Be more curious. Um, I think a lot of people are just missing out on curiosity now. They're just absorbing everything that they they see on social media. And from what people say, they don't question things enough. And I'll always say that, you know, curiosity will get you you know, much further than you think. Ask questions, just ask questions and just pause, pause and ask questions. I love that you're saying pause and ask questions because many of us are not. When you stop and ask the question, either they're going to get upset or they're going to think about the answer. And when you play, put them in a position to think about their answer, Mm -hmm. the the what comes out afterwards is like oh so that's it can apply to sales it can apply to talking to your child and yeah. I loved how you said how time flies by I will have a 21 year old in July <laughs> time flies by very quickly I remember when I had her and now I'm like I can remember when I was her age and where was I at that time it's just it just goes by so fast so I want to go back <laughs> to something that you said earlier. <laughs> Rob's comments. Sorry, I know. Okay, so let's look at. (laughs) Agree. Curiosity is a superpower. With Rob, pausing and seeking questions, great idea. Uh, This fear of missing out, missing out. Fear of what is it? Mofo. (laughs) And then we have Anna. Hello, hello. Hey, Cameron. So. When you were working your nine to five, you were all about processes and systems. So how does that apply to what you do today? And how how do you help others, especially like fighting the noise that's in your head? Yeah, it's funny because um, I actually all my jobs didn't actually involve me doing processes. Um, I, I, I just there were things that were going wrong and no one was doing anything about it. So I asked if I could do it. So I do it on top of my day to day job. Um, and that led me on to, you know, my, my career. So processes in business, um, it's just the same. Everything has a process. And this is one thing that we don't remember. Like we, we never kind of um, look at it in the right way. Um, and how we were talking in, you know, backstage about, you know, trauma. Um, the process is the same for whether you're, you know, sorting your business out, whether you're trying to overcome trauma, um, whether you're just, you know, investing in your personal development. And it all starts with one key point no matter what the topic is and it's sorting out that noise and it's being learning how to identify that noise because you will never find the right problem to fix if you don't do that because all of it's a mess whether you're in your business whether it's in your mind you need to have a very streamlined process to make a decision and that's all it comes down to it's making that next step visible much sooner and the only way you can do that is by identifying what crap needs to come out what distractions are there that you know we can get rid of and those distractions can be anything from um you know in businesses everyone talks about shiny object syndrome you know all these apps and everything you know people start looking at a solution first and then working backwards but you get shiny object syndrome in life you know we have we're surrounded by people friends messaging us constantly and we're scared of missing out. We're scared of missing out on going out and having a great night at the expense of, you know, doing something that we really value. 
and it's it's the same the process is exactly the same so like I was saying to you before like when I set up my consultancy um 5s project is actually based on um a methodology called 5s so you've got um sort set in order shine standardize and sustain and when I set it up in 2019 I had just finished um I think one of my last um trauma therapy sessions and I was looking back and I'm like this is exactly how I recovered from my complex PTSD and my trauma um, and it just followed the same process. You have to know what what the noise is. And in order to do that, you need to understand what you value most because everything else then easily rises to the top and you can start working on removing it. And then the next thing is to set it in order. So all the things that are left, how are you going to simplify that and categorize it? And then in that, you've got to make sure you're, you're using the right tools for the right purposes. So in business, for example, you might have a CRM. Are you, are you making sure there's clean data in there? In your, in your, in, you know, in your personal life, that translates to, um, you know, are you keeping your space clean, your mental space? Mm. You know, what thoughts are in there that's distracting you? Who are you thinking about that you shouldn't be thinking about? Who's draining your energy? All these things. And the next is to standardize. So in business, you talk about um, automating. I don't agree that everything needs to be automated. You know, process is not automation. Process is simplifying things. Automation is one way of getting there. Um, but in your in your mind, in your own life, it's about how do you simplify and standardize that decision-making? So Shri, you raised a really good point about, you know, um, making live streaming much easier by having a, a wardrobe, a color that you would wear for every live stream. So it's one less decision to think of. Now, I have three of these tops in black. Like, you will literally only ever see me in this and a few other tops. And it makes my decision-making simpler because in the morning, I, I, there's no fuss. It's like five minutes and I'm done. Fashion isn't a high-value, you know, um, decision for me. So that's why I do it that way. I don't go out during the weekdays. You know, I, I've simplified my decisions that way because now if someone asks me if I, if I want to go out on a Wednesday night unless it's my husband or someone I'm super close with, I will say no. And it's an automatic decision because in my head, I've made my life like that. So I don't have to think about it. I don't have to be like, oh, but you know, I'm going to miss out on a good life, good, you know, on a good night out. This is going to happen and I'm not going to be there. It's a straight out no, because I know the trade-off. And so I've simplified that decision-making in my head. And the fifth one is to sustain it. So you have to kind of whatever processes you put in place, again, in your business, um, if you're working for someone or in your own life, it has to be something that you can sustain. If you can't sustain it, and this goes down to consistency, um, if you don't have a manageable process in place, you're going to find it so hard to stick to it. And so it all has to relate back to something that's important to you, which is your values. And so for me, everything your core is that value set. If you're not clear on that, that is where the problems start to happen. And it becomes much easier to sway from a decision. So you have a five-step methodology and breaking it down makes it super easy to understand how in your life it all falls into place, whether you're working mm. nine to five or in your business. But if you put it in or in the way that you explained it, it makes sense, especially with writing, you know, are you keeping your mental space clean? We talk about is your work area clean? We won't show this right now, but <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be seeing what's on this side of my laptop. <laughs> There's a little bit too much going on here, but even in your mind, you're thinking about like what is what are you focused on? What are you yeah. I was listening to Joel Osteen. Some of you may not like him, but I'm a big fan of Joel Osteen. And he said, what are you putting on the throne? What are mm. you focusing on? 
because that's what's what that's what is happening in your life. Mm-hmm. So if you don't focus on that, then that's not. And I loved how you mentioned you made the process. You said, you know, Monday through Friday, I stay home unless it's my husband. Other than that, it's a simple no. And people kind of understood after a while, they just get it. And then the weekend comes, it's a different story. You're probably booked the whole weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, even then I'm careful with who I spend my time with as well. So I think some people find my boundary setting maybe a bit too extreme, but, you know, there's, I have my own journey and it, it it's, I do what makes me comfortable, what I can handle. And just the way I do it might not be right for someone else, but you have to find your own way. It has to be something that's okay for you. And those boundaries can also change. You know, we change as people, our relationships with people change as well. So everything like that, just you need to do that regular check. Um, you know, just like you would do the MOT on your car and all these things. We need to do that for ourselves too. Um, and I realize how cliche that is, <laughs> the example that I use. But it's true. Like, you know, things, it's never a one and done. You always have to be um, improving. And this is pr- in continuous improvement. And so it doesn't just apply to systems in your business. It applies to your, you know, your mental health, uh, your mindset, your, your decision making, all of that stuff. Because we all, always want to make sure that what we surround ourselves with are the things that are serving us at that time. Yes. And if they're not, then, you know, you've got that chance, that review time to actually sit back and reflect. And I, I do it on a regular basis and it might sound a bit too logical, but I do literally sit there with a pen and paper, not digital, I actually write it out. And I will identify, you know, who, who's kind of co- constantly draining me if, if I'm around them. Why am I still spending time with them? What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Um, activities that I'm doing. Um, you know, none of us are perfect. I've, I've got bad habits I need to get rid of as well. And it's just being aware of that and understanding, okay, right. If I don't nip this in the bud now, what does that mean? What's my trade-off going to be? And am I, and am I willing to accept that trade-off? So, you know, you have to be very clear on what it is you're going to be gaining and losing. And if you're, you know, you're willing to lose it as well. Yes. If you're willing to not be stuck to it, because sometimes we hold on to things that doesn't yeah. need to be, we need to be holding on. We need Mm -hmm. to let it go. And Ugo is asking, how can I help someone that's feeling unmotivated? I would just, you know, um, I think for things like that, you have to be very careful because the question is, do they want to be helped? Um, And if they have reached out, um, I would just listen. There's, There's so much power in just holding space and just listening to, to what's coming out. And it's something that we don't do enough of is just to sit and listen and be curious and maybe ask questions if they're open to it. But the, the, the one thing I would always say is just make sure that they're in a place where they want that help first. Because a lot, you know, all of us, even me, um, we see people who are, you know, feeling stuck or in that, you know, it, they're not enjoying their life at the moment. And we just want to reach out and help them. And it could be because we've done it ourselves. We're like, you know, you can do it. This is, you know, it's totally possible, but we're not meeting them where they're at. We're kind of speaking to ourselves and they're not there yet. And so you always have to be careful of, you know, the advice that you give. And I think as a first step, I think it's just always important just to, to reach out and just, you know, even go for a coffee and just hear them out and just, just hold that space for them. And sometimes that's the best thing. That's all they need. And ask. I loved how you said ask. Do you, do you just need just for me to hear you 
Mm. Or do you want advice? And that is something that whenever I ask my daughter that question, it becomes like, oh, I just need you to hear me out. Okay. Yeah. I'll just listen. And then comes, mommy, can I... Can you tell me what to do? And I'm yeah. like, you didn't tell me this. You said <laughs> to listen. So what we're going to do now is we're going to invite you to come to Instagram where we're going to continue this conversation. But before we do, Sonal, let us know how can we connect with you? How can we work with you? And make sure if you do connect with her, tell her that you saw her on this live. Yeah, so the easiest way to connect with me is my LinkedIn profile. So you know, you can you can send. I'm I'm in the DMs, so you can, you can send me a message if you've got any um, areas where you might need help with. Um, I have a program called the Five Peaks Method, which is over six weeks. Um, and while it is a method, it, it's tailored to the current challenges that you're struggling with right now as well. Um, and I'm more than happy to share information on that too. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best place to find me. Yeah, she posts every day and she posts these amazing posts, carousels, pictures, memes. I'm always like, wow, I want to grow up to be like Sonal. All I talk about I can't, I can't take credit for the designs and the carousels. Um, I've got, you know, again, so I have an amazing team that do it for me as much as I want to. Um, I don't I have the creative skills of a gnat. So it's like, it's just, I have an amazing team that helped me. But yeah, it's, I have a great community on LinkedIn, actually. And I think it's just such a beautiful platform. Uh, right now um I find it very different to all the other ones Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah that's the place where you can find me yes so definitely connect with her definitely book a call to see if working with her will help you and Suhail says I'm a student and it's helped me a lot and Ugo says being very clear is imperative Brett is saying Mm -hmm. thank you Anna mentioned it's important to pause and ask questions love the point about making decisions carefully Mm -hmm. and also if you are wanting to get confident on camera so that you can do a live show like this or do videos, make sure to join my free Facebook community. I've dropped the link in the comments. Would love for you to come and join. You will also see Sonal in there. She's she's there, but she's not active, but she's in there. Yeah, and sorry. also some of, uh, I had a few, Florence, Anna, they're in there. Nick was in there. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you found it very helpful, share it with a friend, share it in your social media. Until the next time.